TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. And Overnight America continues with you. And if you want to find me on Facebook or online, whatever, at Ryan Recker on Twitter, Ryan Recker Radio on Facebook. Good for you if you could find me on there. Consider it a challenge. And if you achieve a like on the page, consider you won the game. Give yourself a nice round of applause after. (laughs) We have a lot to still talk about on the show tonight, including with uh, Fox 2 doing a piece last night Elliot Davis did a you paid for it. I love the you paid for it segments on the city of St. Louis and the homicide rate and the problems that we've been having. Uh, what was it? Uh, 262 homicides. Ooh, man, is that a large number of people in the city of St. Louis that uh, were killed over the course of last year in 2020? It was bad. The number kept rising and rising and rising and rising. The homicide rate is just sad it's just one part of where we are as a city and it's and it's at the wrong indicator of where the city is going the problem is though as long as that number is as high as it is and as long as people feel unsafe and as long as people continue to get shot even if they don't die there's still a lot of people that are getting shot in the city of st louis as long as all of these things are happening this is what you were going to be known for and will be known for now, keep in mind, I grew up outside of the Detroit area, and that's all Detroit was known for was crime. And still to this day, that's all I think about when I think of Detroit. And it's tough to turn those sort of things around. City of St. Louis, there's a lot of things that they're known for. And unfortunately, once you have that branded on you, it's a very difficult stigma to get around. But when you have 262 homicides for a year, you deserve that stigma uh, you, because th- there's no way to shake it off you can't hide that you can't hide people's fears you can't ignore those things we're tracking in the wrong direction and on fox 2 last night part of their interview series well at least the you paid for it segment elliot davis was with police chief john hayden talking about this very thing the homicide rate what are the police doing here's part of that what's your reaction to the uh, uh, all the homicides we had in 2020? Um, a significant increase. Hey, we're, we're 30% increase, at least 30% increase across our city. Of course, uh, that's not unlike so many other major cities across the country. This was a year that we just saw uh, uh, unique things. Of course, you know, we had a, a lot of distractions with civil unrest, uh, you know, a COVID, the COVID situation uh, that, that we've had to 
persevere through. But St. Louis was seeing a spike in murders well before COVID hit. How can you blame COVID for the homicides? Certainly COVID caused some joblessness. I think that's, that's a, it had an economic bearing. But I'm saying if you already have the social ills closing in on you and then take some jobs away for people that were working, I just think that, again, that it, that makes that situation a lot worse. Nah. There could be a contributing factor for that sort of thing. I don't know if that's really it. I, I can't put my finger exactly on it, but I would say that there's probably more things to blame than that, even though that may be part of it. But if I were to try to pinpoint exactly what was the problem, maybe it would be the lack of support to our police from a lot of people in the community. And then you have a circuit attorney's office that has an exclusion list where they won't even hear crimes from certain police officers when charges are brought up. Maybe it's cycling people back on. Maybe it's the abysmal prosecution rate. Maybe it's not showing up to court when you have violent criminals on the docket. Maybe it's allocating your times for your own defense fund or maybe trying to prosecute a governor. Maybe maybe it could be a combination of all of these different things where I can tell you when you're taking on Greitens, you weren't paying attention to the problems on the streets. You can't do it all. And maybe it's because the staff that was there said, no, I don't want a part of this. Leave yourself and just separate yourself from the whole situation. You're understaffed because you can't keep a staff because, I don't know, you're not a good leader of your organization. There could be a million things, but I'm going to say most of the contributing factor starts there. And not taking the the prosecution side seriously, revolving people back on the street and being just so inexperienced that you even when you have the opportunity, either you don't show up or you don't have the uh, experience to get a uh, uh, the get a guilty. And that's where we are. And it's not getting any better. Here's a little bit more. Chief Hayden says the many protests over the issue of police reform didn't help matters. The challenge is, though, when, when they require monitoring, when people set things on fire, when people are, those are things that we have to monitor. And so certainly uh, that pulled away from resources that would have been dedicated to crime fighting. The chief has been using what's called Hayton's Triangle to fight crime. That was flooding crime-filled areas with resources like anti-drug and anti-gang units. He admits that had mixed results. And police have moved to what's called Mission Zone Approach, which will work more closely with programs like Cure Violence and the Urban League's anti-crime effort. I asked the chief to reflect on his own job. After the year 2020, what grade would you give yourself? Hey, I would give myself an A for effort, Elliot. <laughs> I think the key is, is that what I want is I want my effort to result in a safer city. But it wasn't safer. And absolutely, and certainly it was safer in some areas. It certainly wasn't safer. And for homicides. It, you got, it's tough. It's tough to hear that answer. A for effort. And think, oh, we had 262 homicides. A for effort. Oh, man. I I like Chief Hayden. I think that his heart's in the right place. And I think he's trying to do all the right things. I think if given the right resources, uh, he could do the right things. There's just so much against him. And let me point out this, too, when it comes to the, the economic side of things. How many police officers were shot in the year 2020? It, there were so many police officers that were injured and shot and and you look back at that and think no i don't know if that's a reflection of people losing their jobs i think that's a reflection 
of this anti-police, this hate towards police, that all of this um, this very vile stuff that comes in politically charged that the police is the enemy and we need to go out there and defund the police and police are always wrong and police are killers and police are this and that you, you get these people on the far left that are constantly just berating the police with this type of rhetoric. And what do you get to the point where people start targeting them? And that's a big part of it too. It's there's just so much into this before we go to break. Let me pull up Dan real quick. Welcome to overnight America. I am not very happy about what I just heard Chief Hayden say. That really ticked me off when you uh, said that uh, he was saying it was COVID. It was causing all these. Doesn't he realize that it's over drugs and these thugs uh, about gangs and that stuff coming from other states and uh, and in St. Louis fighting over turf and, and just doing a lot of killings? Have you noticed, and that happened today, that a lot more women are being murdered. And what's mm. causing that? That's the problem. Is uh, You know, you got a bunch of thugs. Hey, people say, well, hey, look, if you give me a job, I'm not going to go out and kill. What kind of, you know, that just really ticked me off hearing that. And then he's saying that he has an A for effort. Come on, man. Uh, you know, I'm just not very happy about that right now. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Dan. And yes, He's said this in the past. Chief Hayden has addressed this. And part of the things he brings up, he says, I don't know if I've ever met a drug dealer that doesn't carry a gun. And when you talk about the homicides, people going out shooting each other, the percentage of those that are drug related are well above 50. I don't know what the total number is, but it's a lot of them are drug related. Seems to be always connected. Keep in mind, we have a lot of other tragedies that happen. Innocent bystanders, innocent people that are targeted children that find themselves on the, the being at the wrong place at the wrong time. It's just so terrible. They get caught up into these things. Yeah, we got some major issues in St. Louis for sure. 314-436-7900. We can take your calls on this, but it's Overnight America KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. A few things I want to get to here in St. Louis. I saw this one story yesterday and I didn't get a chance to talk about it, but I just want to bring this up real quick. Whenever they do a story about the very first newborn of the year, I look at that and say, ah, they just missed out. First baby of 2021 arrives in St. Louis, born at 1234 a.m. Barnes Jewish Hospital. First baby by the name of, let's see, where's the baby's name? Emilio uh, birthday happens to be uh, right there. Seven pounds, 10 ounces, 20 inches long. Emilio, uh, healthy, looking good. I'm looking at the, the picture right now. They got a picture of mom wearing a mask inside of the hospital bed. Dad standing there looking pretty well dressed. And when I was uh, in the hospital last, now keep in mind, we just had a baby girl four months ago. I was not dressed up. <laughs> he looks like he's presentable in something like this. But I, I read this and I thought, oh, too bad. 1234. You don't want to have the first baby of the new year. You want to have the last baby of the year. You want to have that baby come in before midnight because when it comes time to filing your taxes, you want to get that little extra 2K in there. Yeah. It's, a, you know, ever since the last couple of tax periods, I think this will be the second time you can file. Ever since they doubled the child tax credit, it goes from a grand to two grand. I thought, this is great. 
yeah, an extra thousand dollars for just having a kid. Now we have two kids. That's going to be a nice little tax credit that we get to add on to the uh, filings for this year. So then I look at it and I say, okay, I'm happy your baby is healthy, but man, you got to think to yourself, if it was only 35 minutes earlier, we would have made an extra two grand when we came to file our tax this year. (laughs) I would rather have the 2K than to have the first baby born of 2021. I'm just a tightwad. I know producer Mike's trying to find that clip right now. You're a tightwad. No, I get that. In the grand scheme of things, you know that you just want to be able to have everything go as planned. And we had one of our producers that's in on the weekend. Him and his wife just had a baby. New Year's Eve had maybe about 12 hours before the new year. And I thought, oh, man, you were really cutting it close. (laughs) You're a tightwad. Oh, there it is. I knew it. We haven't heard from Bobo Mike in a long time. I hope he's doing okay. He might be listening right now. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> during the break, producer Mike said, if we ever make bumper stickers for the show, it's just going to have to say, oh, boy. <laughs> That's all oh, it'll boy. say. Oh, boy. And then we'll give out those bumper stickers. Oh, boy. And they'll know it's for this radio program. I got to say, that's just like the perfect drop, isn't it? Of all the drops we have, I even saved a few every once in a while of Donald Trump saying things when he was doing those press conferences every day for the coronavirus uh, updates. I thought, oh, every once in a while, he'll say something that was pretty funny or at least something I might be able to use again. Like, let me grab those sound bites. Let's see. Um, Let's see. Dr. Fauci. What did he say here? Overnight. I have a clip of Dr. Fauci saying overnight. That's pretty good. Uh, Here's Joe Biden. This is a good one. I've done some dumb things, and I'll do dumb things again. <laughs> That's a pretty good soundbite, but none of them are as good as Bobo Mike saying, you're a tightwad, or, oh boy. All right, another thing I wanted to get to, there's some pretty good space news that's out there right now. Space calendar. Here's the rocket launches, everything that's going to be happening. There's one thing that I am very excited for. As I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a space nerd, mostly because I'm kind of out of the game. I don't pay attention to it as much as I used to. But they're actually planning on putting the James Webb telescope up into space. And this is the telescope that's going to, uh, I guess, retire the Hubble telescope. Hubble telescope was able to grab some of the most remarkable, remarkable things from space. Keep in mind, when the Hubble telescope went up, there is... Still, what we see today, not what they were anticipating using the Hubble telescope for. For a while there, I don't know if you know this, but uh, since it's part of NASA and NASA's taxpayer funded, you can actually request time with the Hubble telescope. As in, you can go on and say, hey, I want to put my name down. I want to request a half hour block of the Hubble telescope and put, put me down on the waiting list. Now, you have to have some sort of scientific background. You can't just like go go and use it for no sake. But If you have a reason for it, you can actually use it for certain things. There was a time when the scientists um, said, you know what we need to do? We need to focus on one part of space for a long period of time. I'm not great when it comes to photography, but when it comes to long exposures, when you keep something focused and exposed, it does some really awesome things when it comes to the what's captured on film. And at the time they said, hey, we got this telescope. Why in the world would we waste all this time 
with doing a long exposure of just focusing on one part of space for a long period of time. This doesn't make any sense. We're not going to see anything. Well, they said, let's just try to do it. And they started to realize the universe is a lot bigger than they thought it was because once they are out in space, there's no lights or anything else that would contaminate the pictures that you'd be able to get. There's no atmosphere, nothing else. It's out there, and it's just the telescope and the rest of the universe in front of them. They realized that the universe is a lot bigger than we thought it was. They, they saw so many more stars. They saw so many more solar systems. They saw so many more everythings. And they looked at it, and they said, I can't believe we had no idea that there was all of this out here if we wouldn't have tried for this one thing. And when the Hubble telescope was out there, they made some of the most remarkable discoveries in space and some of the most beautiful photos. Keep in mind, a lot of the photos that you see, they later colorize them. <laughs> you don't get it, the, the beautiful colors that you see in space. A lot of times it's like artistic rendition of what you see. I don't, I hate to break it to you. Same thing with like black holes. You know, you ever see the pictures of the, oh, this is what a black hole looks like. No, I mean, those are all artistic renditions. Sorry, I, I, I don't mean to break that. But the Hubble telescope has done a lot. When they first put it up there, by the way, there was a miscalibration on it, and they came back with fuzzy photos. They actually thought, man, we spent all this money to put it up here. We don't know how to fix it. Then the scientist said, well, next time we go up to the space station, what we'll do is we'll carry a lens, and we'll just pop this lens over it, kind of like we're giving it glasses to correct the problem with it, and that corrected it. It was like the most pragmatic way to do it. Those NASA scientists are pretty smart trying to fix things when they go wrong. So Hubble's been up there for decades. It's been great. The James Webb Telescope, when it goes up there, it's night and day difference what this thing could do. There's so many more sensors on it. It could see farther, meaning that it could look and analyze different wavelengths so it can see things that the Hubble Telescope couldn't do. It's a lot larger, so it can see things a lot more clearer, and it's going to open up the universe in a way that we never thought it would. I think they said it was like 10 times or 100 times more powerful than the Hubble telescope. It's by a lot. That's going to finally go up. There's been a lot of delays in this sort of thing. Kind of looks like a honeycomb. Very cool looking thing. And I can't wait for that to go back up. I, I really can't. Um, a couple of other things that's going to be happening. We do have a rover that's going to be landing on Mars here in February. So we're about a month away from that, which is pretty exciting. NASA's Perseverance, a Perseverance rover will land on Mars February 18th. So a little over a month from now. And once it gets down there, we'll have another. We got all kinds of different rovers and things, but this is going to be able to take a lot more measurements, sites and whatnot. It'll be cool to see a different part of Mars. They're still looking for ancient life, as in can they find fossils or things to kind of indicate that there was something there before? Could it have harbored life at some point? And they've been trying like crazy to figure that sort of thing out. China's going to send something to Mars as well. We got all kinds of different things that are going to be happening in space. It's very exciting. The the uh, Webb Telescope, the James Webb Telescope, to me, is going to be the most exciting thing of them all. Just wanted to share that with you. A little space talk. We're going to have to get more space guests on every once in a while. It's been a long time since we've had a space guest on the show. I guess we're long overdue. This would be a good opportunity for us to catch back up. When we're going to take a look at your weather, yeah, still foggy, some freezing fog, things like that through the overnight. Update on Larry King, I wanted to give that to you. If you missed my Larry King story from yesterday, I was reading from Charlie Brennan's book. He's got a great Larry King story. I'll share it again tonight because it's so good. And I also want to talk about a stowaway that jumped onto a jumbo jet. Two people entered, only one survived. It's a pretty crazy story. If you haven't heard this one over in the UK, we'll talk about it next too on Overnight America KMOX. Oh, boy. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Welcome back. It's Overnight America. I love talking space. I should probably open up the page in Charlie Brennan's book, Only in St. Louis. He said he likes it when I plug his book because he said that last time we had him on the show, a lot of people picked up his book. So he said, hey, you should do that more often. (laughs) But he's got a story about Larry King in this book. Uh, Larry King, if I go to the back, where is it? I should probably look under H-I-J-K. Larry King on page 127. I should have remembered that from yesterday. My memory is not the way it used to. But there's an update on Larry King in his hospital stay. He's been released from ICU. He's still battling COVID. And Larry has been, even though released, still not home, though. He's at the Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. He's been there for about more than a week, what, 10 days now, 11 days after he tested positive for coronavirus back in December. He's been staying in the ICU while doctors monitor his symptoms. He's pretty old, 87 years old. He just turned 87 in November. He hosted Larry King Live radio show before that. And let me read you this story about Larry King in Charlie Brennan's book, Only in St. Louis. I think this is a great part of history that has been forgotten. And I'm just going to read it word for word what Charlie put in his book. Broadcasting legend Larry King was once offered a job at KMOX during a phone conversation with the radio station's late general manager, Robert Hyland. Wouldn't that be something? One day you're sitting around and next thing you know, Robert Hyland calls you up and says, hey, I want you to work for this radio station. Isn't that something? Man, that guy had a reputation around the entire industry. Um, Okay, so here's how the rest of this goes. This is what Larry said, quote, there was one of the craziest phone conversations of my life. King remembered there was no one like Robert Highland. It was 1984. Do I need to do this in my Larry King impersonation? It was 1984. And Jack Carney, a very popular broadcasting figure in St. Louis, had passed away. I was doing a national radio show. It had been only it had been on for five years and was very successful. I was also doing local television in Washington, D.C. Mr. Highland called me and asked, Mr. King, who is your agent? Bob Wolf in Boston, King told Highland. Wolf was a super agent whose clients included Larry Bird and Julius Irving. He said to me, fine, you'll be part of the KMOX family in two weeks. King asked, what do you mean? Well, Highland told me, you know, Jack Carney has passed away, and I think you're an outstanding personality. I'm going to call your agent, and we'll be back in touch. You'll be on the air every day from 10 until 2 in the afternoon, Monday through Friday. You'll love it here. (laughs) 
he had no question in his mind that I was going to accept this. Now, when we turned it down, I got a call back from him. Said, you turned down the greatest radio station in the history of the planet. He said, you have made an error and you will never live it down. <laughs> Robert Island does this to Larry King. He goes, uh, I w- it was unbelievable, King said. I never met a man who loved his station as much as Highland loved KMOX. Had I not had the good fortune of having a national show, I would have loved to have worked for him. <laughs> Isn't that a great Larry King story? I'm so glad Charlie sent me a copy of his book. Uh, only in St. Louis. <laughs> I'm glad that Larry King's getting better. I'm glad that he's not in the ICU anymore. And I'm glad that he'll hopefully recover and get to relax at home. I don't know if he's going to be doing too many interviews in the future. I feel like at this point, maybe it's best for him to just sit back and relax and enjoy, enjoy himself and what's left in life. Use this as that opportunity to say, okay, maybe I've been working a little bit too hard. There's another story from the sun, and I think the sun is primarily a not it's not a 100 percent tabloid, but it's kind of like got that feel to it. But they tell stories like this, and this is pretty amazing because they have video evidence of this. They were talking about how two people decided to be castaways on a jumbo jet. They were flying pretty long distances from London to Johannesburg. That's all the way towards the southern tip of africa it's a long way to go i mean a lot of miles and part of the problem with traveling the way they decided to travel is that instead of buying a seat is that they decided to hop into where the wheel pops into the plane and they thought man we can just hop in there and we can get it for free we'll save a lot of money no big deal we'll just have to uh hang out in there for a while well The thing is, like the rest of the plane that's pressurized and has oxygen pumped into it, things like that. So, you know, you can stay alive during this whole process. The compartment where the plane's wheel pops in does not have any of those things. So they were traveling during this. And when you get that high up in the air, 5,000 feet, you you lose oxygen and it's super cold. I'm going to have to do a quick conversion. Uh, the temperatures get, let's see, minus 60 Celsius would be equivalent to minus 76 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. Imagine not preparing for that. You think you're just going to hop and put a nice little, you know, put your members only jacket on and go on this, uh, 5,600 mile flight from South Africa to London, London to South Africa. It ain't going to work that way. So as he recalls when the plane, but the plane was flying, uh, they started to lose oxygen. He said he tried himself, uh, tied himself to the plane with an electrical cable wrapped around his arm. But soon after the takeoff, he passed out because of no oxygen. What ended up happening is his buddy at 5,000 feet fell off, <whistles> fell to his death, done, gone. What ended up happening with him, and he's alive to tell the story, is that when they got closer to landing, and it was very close to landing, you know, the landing gear comes down, the wheels are coming out. He's holding on. He's got this electrical cord or whatever that's tied around his arm, trying to keep him in place. What ends up happening is he falls off, hits the runway. Now, planes are coming at some pretty fast speeds, very fast speeds. He hit this thing enough to knock him out. They find him on the tarmac. 
they pick him up and they put him. He was in a hospital in a coma for months and finally woke up to tell the story. Six months in a coma in a hospital. A police officer finally was able to talk to him and said, what in the world were you thinking? The officer told him that he never made it. He fell off the top of a building, uh, the other person that he was with. Five and a half years later, he now has a new name because he gave that up and now is talking about just how crazy and stupid he was when all of this was going down. Said he missed his friend's funeral because he was in a coma, all these different regrets. Of all the things to regret, that's kind of a crazy one. But if anything, you should be thanking God every single day that you are still alive because how dumb you were. I don't think anyone would look at that as someone that uh, would say, wow, he really uh, he really lucked out. That's pretty much anything uh, that I thought about there. All right. Uh, when we come back, a few things I want to get to. There's a few rules in the House that are starting to change. The uh, House ethics rules may be imposing some stricter penalties for what they call manipulated media. This is just what I think you're going to start to see in the new Congress, and it's kind of scary. Also, coming up a little bit, too, uh, I got a new song that's been stuck in my head all the time, and I want to play it for you. It's from my kid's Fisher-Price playset. She's four months old and loves it. I can't stop thinking about it. I think about it no less than about, I don't know, eight hours a day. And I thought, eh, if anyone's going to suffer through this song, I might as well put that suffering onto the listeners, too, just so you know what I'm dealing with. So if you want to hear what a four-year-old thinks is the greatest song in the world, or four-month-old, I should say, we'll do that right after the break. I know you're just probably a little bit curious. This will also tell if how strong-minded you are. If you got a strong mind and you can listen to this and not get it stuck for the rest of time, then all power to you. I need to find your techniques. This is Overnight America. KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael's Flooring Outlet.com on KMOX. Thanks for uh, joining us here. Eric called in about the elevation of the plane. Um, no, it was when the person fell out of the plane. That's how high the plane was in the air. So it probably was either descending or ascending. So I don't think it was at full cruising altitude when the guy fell out now keep in mind the members if they were inside of the landing gears and the wheels that they don't stay down the whole time so it had to have been one of the points where the thing was still in the down position and he fell i don't know if they said it was at the start but i think it was towards the end of it he fell off early because he was passed out and it just gone the other one held on a little bit longer and was able to fall out closer to the ground so yeah that makes sense at least in that uh, that context, but I see what you're saying. No, that's not the cruising altitude. That was just when the person fell out. So let me do this real quick. Uh, I wanted to play for you a song that you most likely will get stuck in your head forever. Do you want to do that first? You might as well. When I heard this song, it was on the Fisher Price Kick and Play. And I'm going to just tell you, it's a weird world I live in today. The fact that I looked this up online and realized that there were also tens of thousands of other people that heard this song and thought, this is my jam. They said, this is a one person used the slang and said, this is a real, real banger, which uh, from what I can put into context, it's a real good song. Like they were really into it. <laughs> See, I'm down with the kids slang today. So when I looked this up, people were going crazy because they said this may be one of the best 
kids' songs in a toy that they have ever heard, and they get it stuck in their head, and they listen to it all the time. And ever since we started to put our four-month-old down on this play set, the, let me kind of give you an idea. It's like a little pad, and towards where the feet would go, it looks like a big piano. And when the kid kicks, it hits the notes on the piano. But there are some pre-recorded songs on it, so they can play along with the song by kicking this thing. And one of the songs is called Purple Monkey in a Bubblegum Tree. Great kid's song. Now, I'm going to play this for you. You tell me if you think this is a great kid's song. Maybe you could be a purple monkey in a bubblegum tree and you could swing in the breeze. Then you could swing back to me. Maybe you, maybe you could be a little bird with polka dot wings and you could fly to the sea. Then you could fly back to me over the ocean, above the clouds. By the way, where's Doug right now? Doug and Donna, we need to get back in to recreate this song. I'd love to hear Doug sing this. I, I would love I would love to see Doug just hop behind his keyboard and just jam out to the purple monkey in a bubblegum tree. Because I think there's there's hundreds of thousands of views on this online. Could be a purple monkey in a bubblegum tree. Stop it! <laughs> That's enough to get stuck in your head forever. Good luck getting that out. This is what I live with now. This is my life. This is my life. I have a six-year-old son and a four-month-old baby girl. This is my life. What did what my wife and I talk about? How good is that purple monkey song? Oh, yeah, that is good. That gets stuck in my head. Yeah, it gets stuck in my head, too. Wow. Isn't that something? This is a majority of our conversations. We talk about this. Uh, just a quick uh, story here, because this was starting to trend, because with the new 117th Congress, they're talking about some of the different penalties they want to impose, and they put a resolution forward proposing that you in Congress could be penalized if you spread what they call manipulated content on social media. So the Committee of Ethics directed to report to the House no later than December of this year any recommendations to the Code of Conduct, which would include things like um, discipline for spreading uh, electronic means, including social media of any image, video, or audio file that has been distorted or manipulated with the intent to mislead the public. So Jim Jordan out of Ohio also pointed out the obvious problems with this, which is members can't share anything on social media that's been distorted or ma manipulated. Who's the one making that call? So is it going to be some quote unquote fact checker? <laughs> Probably. So who's the one that's going to be the person that makes that call? What's manipulated, what's not, what's distorted, what's not, what's okay and what's not? And is it going to be, let's say, Nancy Pelosi? Is she going to be the one that says, oh, I don't like that, so we're going to we're going to tag this and you'll be penalized for saying something? Remember, keep in mind, Twitter does this exact thing with the New York Post and Hunter Biden not that long ago. The New York Post broke the Hunter Biden story. They had the evidence. They were able to present the evidence, They physical evidence. They had all of this story laid out there. What did Twitter do? They locked the New York Post's account. They were uh, locking accounts and deleting tweets as they were coming out, including members of Congress. They wouldn't let you link to the Post story. And eventually, one of the committees decided to mirror that story so you can see it in other places, including official government websites. 
And later, Jack Dorsey of Twitter, of course, of St. Louis fame, too, said that that was a mistake the way they handled this sort of thing. And what happens after the election? New York Post is vindicated. All of this information comes out to show that Hunter Biden was being probed. And part of the implication is that members of the Biden family were also being looked into, including, well, think about who's also in the Hunter Biden family. These are all very serious crimes that the FBI and other agencies were looking into, all of which was not reported before the election other than the New York Post. And the New York Post was criticized as being conspiracy theorists for breaking this new story. Other people in headlines that were out there, you know, CNN's and the New York Times and all of them. What were some of their headlines, which were a, di- a, a, di- a deep dive into the conspiracy theory of Hunter Biden and all of this? And it ends up being all true. So let's just go back and to see how this would be applied today. Do you think for a moment that they would be able to use a rule like that and use it only to, I don't know, punish the people they don't like for stories like that and just kind of redo this at their own leisure? Yeah, of course, that's the way it would work. It's actually pretty pretty obvious the way that this would be enforced and we cannot allow that sort of thing to happen let alone if anyone is uh, a reputable person it shouldn't stop them from acting that way to begin with they should use it as a way to say no we're not going to we're just not going to uh comply with that there's one other story i saw this in entrepreneur.com it's which is actually pretty cool Every once in a while, and it always seems to be at the start of a year, they go back into their archives and they try to find examples of when people predict the future. So they decided to go back to newspaper articles from 1921, so 100 years ago. And there was one example in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where they started to predict certain things. Let's try to look at some of the different examples of what they decided to predict. Here are some of the predictions they found from early newspapers. One prediction was there'll be masters of temperature. It says when heating is done all electrically and I want 70 degrees in my home, I shall set the thermostat to 70 degrees and the temperature will not rise above that point. This temperature will be maintained uniformly regardless of the weather outside. Isn't that great? (laughs) They said number two, here's another prediction that came from the newspapers. Entertainment will happen at home. This is 1921. Said there will be no need to go to some congested, poorly ventilated hall for a musical concert. We just push a plug into a base receptacle, and as we do for the vacuum cleaner or table lamp, we will have a concert brought into our homes. Wow, that's a pretty good prediction. All of these things seem to be right on. Ding, ding, ding. Two for two. Here's number three. It says, electricity powers our wheels. It says, the most essential purpose of the cellular today is a satisfactory place to house the heating furnace, the coal supply, and ashes. With the home electrical, these two purposes, as well as many other lesser importance, are eliminated. So what can we use in this place? They say the electrical improvements will come. It'll change the transportation system. There will be more electric automobiles and electric bicycles and tricycles that will be developed. Keep in mind, the electric car was invented well before 1921. You go back to the 1800s, there were electric cars. So that's not something that's new. The idea that it'll be powered by a base in your home is a very good prediction. Look at that, three for three. And this is stuff they look 100 years in the future. And that's just now really starting to become more prominent. Another says books will read to us. It was one of the predictions. They said by 2021, phonographic principle may have been practically infallible and the best books will be reproduced in place for use in many different styles of speaking machines. So books will be read to you 
from speaking machines. That's a half a point. So for number, so they're three and a half out of four. They're doing pretty good. One of the other predictions was moving sidewalks and elevators may be found in densely populated cities and tubes may connect cities and men will travel them at a speed that is dazzling to our senses. Okay, I'm going to gonna strike that one down. Not quite there. So, so far they're three and a half out of five. Oceans are no obstacles. Another one they said on reaching the wharf, we will ask uh, for a ticket and a first class cabin passage on the next boat. The ticket seller would laugh and say, you need to, you don't need to go to the Atlantic anymore. Go under it in a tunnel. So instead of going over in a boat and not really looking at the prominence of planes, then uh, still 1921 was pretty early, but nonetheless, uh, when it comes to traveling uh, continentally, sure. Tubes in tunnels underneath the ocean to travel. That's a pretty long distance to have to go. I'm going to also strike that one down. So, okay. Out of six major predictions that they were able to find a hundred years from now in some of these different uh, newspapers, you know, three and a half out of six ain't bad, actually. If you were a betting person and you're trying to put some money down of these things that would be happening, how about this? I, you would have won. You would have came out ahead on something like this. All right. When we come back in the next hour, no predictions for me. Uh, I'm always one that gets the predictions wrong. We're going to replay our interview with Rich Rubino. He does such a great job, and I'm a big fan of Rich Rubino. He breaks down this electoral college process and what's going to be happening next with it, uh, kind of give you a preview of what to expect, but more importantly, what's happened in the past and how that's played out. It's Overnight America, KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.